WTBRFM, Pittsfield. Welcome to Ham on WTBR, the all-inclusive ham radio show for hams and non-hams alike. Be part of the show. Contact us on www.facebook.com slash hamjamtv. And now the hosts of the show, Peter and Jessica. Ham on. From the Beatles Forever studio, this is Ham on on WTBRFM. Good morning, Pittsfield and Berkshire County. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Hey, how are you? <laughs> hey, it's Wednesday, so it's time for AEW. It's Wednesday morning, and you know what that means. It's time for Ham on and AEW. Both. And Hey, I got to correct this time. We have <laughs> a guest. This is our first guest we actually did via the phone, because I put a voice over IP in here, Ooh. so this is going to be fun. Ooh, today. upgrade. On New the technology. phone with us. Yeah, tech, technology. We could, I feel like Art Bell. You know, you could do the show. On the phone. Me. I can do the show from the WTBR studios, or I can <laughs> do the show from the Beatles Forever studio you here at home. Anten- you just need an antenna, antenna farm like from, like in front of Nevada. Well, it has nothing to do with this. <laughs> so on the phone with us on is with us. Bob Sparks, KC1KVY. Bob, welcome to Ham On. Well, thank you, Peter. It's a pre- uh, pleasure and a privilege to be on with you this morning. And you are one of the many guests from East Mass here. So, Bob, tell us, uh, tell us a little, who are you, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, it's, uh, it's kind of a dull story, but I uh, grew up in the North Shore of Massachusetts in Linfield. Uh, went to the public schools there. There's a school in Boston at uh, Boston State College, which, of course, no longer exists. It's part of the UMass Boston uh, campus. Uh, I taught school on the North Shore in Boxford Elementary School for 34 years. Uh, in the physical education, I taught health and social curricula. And I ended up uh, retiring as the interim principal, which is always an interesting job when you hadn't planned on ever doing that. Um, I'd been an adjunct lecturer at Merrimack College for over 30 years until this past year. And uh, been a part-time police officer in Hampton, New Hampshire, uh, for 41 years, and that's recently come to an end. I'm getting a little long in the tooth to be playing cops and robbers. So, in a nutshell, uh, from what I've done and my background. So, what what got you interested in amateur radio? You know, in the 70s, I had a uh, a CB radio in my car and uh, enjoyed using it, and it thought about becoming a ham. But, you know, life gets in the way. Uh, I think that the the clincher at the time, it was stolen out of my car. And uh, at that time, a CB radio, you know, now you can get a CB radio for $40. That time, it was like 180 bucks. I'm like, that's ah, more money than I make in a week uh, teaching school. Uh, that's not going to happen. So it, it kind of went by the wayside until I retired and I thought seriously about it. So one day I uh, looked online and started studying and went and took a test and got my tech tech license. Um, Actually passed the test in the middle of January of 2019. As we all may recall, uh, the federal government was shut down for about a month during that time. So during the shutdown, rather than sit and sulk because I didn't have my license, I uh, I went back and, and studied and did my I got my general in the same time period. And so essentially, I was issued my two licenses a, a week apart, uh, even though I'd taken the tests almost a month apart. So since wow. middle of February in 2019, I was also a general. Uh, I had a general license and. Uh, I've enjoyed it since then. Um, used to check into the local nets here. There's one in, in Bill Ricker where I live now. Uh, and then there's a North Shore Radio Club's uh, net uh, out of uh, says Peabody, but I believe the repeater is in Danvers, Massachusetts. So that's how I, I started. 
And, and I know you send a lot of traffic through FRN and HHTN. So I know, we'll get on to the TNTS soon. But are you do you contest with all the uh, all this uh, traffic you're putting through NTS? Well, it's there. There are two things I do, and I'm not a big contester. If you've ever seen these guys and gals who contest, they uh, you know they'll work a weekend and have you know three or four hundred, five hundred contacts. You know. Well, I think it's a great weekend if I have 30. You know, I'm really proud of myself and pat myself on the back and say what a wonderful job. Um, but I, um, I do POTAs, and if I do a couple or three a day, that and hopefully all new, you know, new stations, new new parks. You know, POTA is parks on the air. Uh, so if I can make a few contacts, and I already have today, um, so that that could generate generate some traffic to be sent out and i also do as you know um the handling instructions hotel x-ray charlie and and hxc means that somebody has to or is supposed to send me back a um a, a message a radiogram telling when and where it was delivered you know what time what date and or if it could delivered so i try to generate traffic both ways not just sending it out but get some back so what what turned you i mean of all the stuff that we can do in amateur radio between nts aries digital what turned you on to traffic handling uh that's an excellent question i was thinking about that just prior to, to uh this broadcast i um was sitting one night got a phone call from uh Al Adon, Al lives in Wakefield, and he his call is Whiskey One Papa Lima Kilo. And he delivered a um, November X-Ray 9 Kilo, NX9A. Um, Chris Batka from Nakusa, Wisconsin, welcome to Amateur Radio um, message. When And any one of us who have delivered um, messages have probably delivered in the last couple of years hundred of those uh, and I asked a lot of questions you know why am I getting this and but he was very kind and explained to me and finally goes you know if you might be interested why don't you check into the uh, Boston Amateur Radio Club's traffic net it's um, every night eight o'clock uh, out of the one four five dot two three zero repeater and he gave me all the information so I listened as is my modus operandi is I listened for a good three weeks before I had the, the nerve to check in. Now, I'm not afraid of using the radio because I'm a police officer for 40 years. You, you have to use the radio. But I just wanted to do it right, listen to the people who I thought were knew what they were doing and, and emulate those people. So I listened for three weeks, checked in for two months before I was encouraged to take traffic from uh, – KW1U, Marsha Ford, uh, and it was the, you probably remember the marathon, um, thank you for volunteering uh, messages sent out to all the volunteers, the ham radio who worked the Boston Marathon. So those were kind of easy deliveries because they were all emails. So I, that's how I began, and like I say, I checked in for a long time before I ever took traffic. Uh, I always laugh um, Follow the other night, and I cannot recall his call sign. It was his first piece of traffic, and he actually did a very nice job um, on uh, the heavy hitters traffic net. It wasn't perfect, but it was. And, and I started laughing. I said, you know, that was well done. And I thought back to mine. I used the wrong phonetic al alphabet. I used the the law enforcement one from New Hampshire, which of course is different. Um, I, it wasn't really great on pro words and introductory phrases, so. I got some uh, gentle uh, corrections, and uh, it's been, a, as I joke, it's been a downhill slide ever since then. Uh, but uh, I've enjoyed it. Uh, it, uh, it keeps me out of trouble. And, and you check into a lot of nets. I know that you're, uh, <coughs> excuse me, you're on the first region net, which you, you probably got to do this afternoon, and you're on the uh, Heavy Hairs Traffic Net. You even check into mine when the Echo Link is working on the Western Mass Traffic Net. What, let me see if I can put this, 
Um, what may, well, I guess we already answered this, but uh, what about Aries? Are you into Aries or any other of the emergency communication side of amateur radio? I've checked into Aries Nets, especially when I vacation on Cape Cod. There's an Aries Net every Wednesday night there. And, uh, they have, fortunately, during the summer, there haven't been too many emergencies, so that's a good thing. Uh, I have worked a few of uh, W1HAI's uh, uh, nets, you know, the uh, tests and the uh, uh, exercises he's done. And I find them interesting and, and uh, enjoy certainly worthwhile, but uh, traffic handling kind of caught my fancy, if you will, and it's, I mean, it is all practice, and the messages we send are mundane, but it's, you keep practicing and, and refining it so that if there is an emergency, uh, you're not, uh, you know, you're not sitting there thinking, now what do I do? So that, that's, I think, why traffic handling has, uh, um, you know, caught my fancy, if you will. So, so the big question everybody asks, especially our, our new hands, is 100-year-old hobby, cell phones, email, is sending messages via the radio still prevalent? Well, you know, that, that, those are excellent questions. And um, I, I'm, I use my cell phone just about everything um, that you can use a cell phone for. Uh, the problem arises that, uh, and I recall in my area, we had electricity out, oh, Lord, probably 10, 12 years ago, and it was out in most of this area, for four or five days. So you have no electricity, you have no internet. Um, fortunately, my cell phone did work, and I had a battery pack that I could charge it every night until that, you know, died. Uh, so there, there could be times in an emergency where you don't have the internet, Cell phones are down. Uh, I think of a, uh, during 9-11, uh, a friend of mine that I worked in at the PD in Hampton for many years, son lived in Manhattan about four blocks from the, uh, the World Trade Center. And he could not make a call into his son because the email was so full on email, but the uh, cell phones were so overloaded that calls could not get in or out. Um, whether that was done on purpose or not, but it, it was just the volume, the mere number of volumes. So the interesting part is amateur radio did work during that period and when cell phones did not. So I think it comes down to, to in, in an emergency, a true emergency, you may not have the advantage of your telephone. You know, I still have a landline. I, I will live in the dark ages. Up until four years ago, I, one of my phones was still a, a rotary dial. But there comes a time when none of this may work, and uh, then you, then uh, but radio will as long as you have some kind of power source or batteries or a generator. Uh, so that's that. That Peter is, I guess, my reasoning for why it's necessary. Uh, it is, they say, in case um, I'm, I'm not sure, but I have communicated. The people in the Baltic countries and Slovenia, Czech Republic, and Poland. Uh, you know, you're not too far from uh, the U from Ukraine, which is, of course, you know, unless you have been locked in a closet somewhere, you know, is in a terrible state. So, um, communications out of there are still done by by radio. So back, back to you, sir, now that I've rambled on. That, uh, that's fine. That's what we like. My daughter, Jessica, who's not a ham radio operator but does my show with me, has a question. Fire uh, away. <laughs> My uh, one question that I have is, what part of radio did um, tickled your fancy and went ahead and plunged you into this hobby and said, hey, and grabbed you by the shirt and said, hey, you have to go ahead and be in this hobby. You have to go ahead and learn all this. What made you, what made you want to? That's an excellent question. I'm not sure I have an excellent answer because when I first started, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I realized there were a hundred different ways to go, and each person I spoke to in the in the Bill Rickett Club had their own uh, thing that they thought was the greatest thing sliced bread. Um, 
I wasn't sure. And all of them are legitimate. All of them are interesting. All of them are fun. Uh, but I, I think as I, the more I did it, I can justify, first of all, the time I spend. And I can justify the uh, expense because everyone within ham radio knows it's the hobby that keeps on taking. It's, it's, uh, it's expensive. It's not a cheap hobby. Um, so I justify the expense and the, and the time I spend by doing something I think is worthwhile in case there's an emergency. So I think those are the reasons why I went, uh, I went in because I thought it would be fun. And it is, uh, I continue to do it because I think it's worth this, at least this side side with uh, traffic handling and, uh, things like Aries races. I, I am a sky worn spotter, if you will, uh, use that a few times. So I think, I think mostly, I think because the, the side of it that's emergency based is what keeps me doing it and keeps me, I think, uh, trying to sharpen my, uh, skills. And you're listening to the ham on here on WTBRFM. My guest is Bob Sparks, KC1KVY from Bill Ricca. So let me, let me ask you with the FCC now where you have to put email addresses in and QRZ uploads all that. Do you think that's going to change the way traffic handling is done? Cause now you can just go to QRZ, look up their email address. That's an excellent question. I, um, I was, I'm going to, I'm not overly proud of this, but I, I am as lazy as the next guy. And if I look up a POTA, sta- a POTA station that I contacted, you have an email address, not always, but most of the time. Um, there were a, a group of digital uh, traffic handlers in Tennessee that they sent two of mine back for two reasons. One was there was no phone number. Nobody would take it because traditionally you do a phone number. They just, and, and the quote was, if you, we were going to use emails, you could email them from home. A legitimate thing. I, I would hope in an emergency they would pass that anyway. So I go out of my way to try to find phone numbers, and that isn't always easy because there are people who don't want their phone number public. Um, I hope that people, you know, go the extra step, and I try to uh, go the extra step and try to use phone numbers as well. So that, in my opinion, gives two ways of of, uh, delivering the message, either by telephone, which is what you would prefer, or in the telephone number you get, and I have about a 70% success rate with telephone numbers, I find. If it doesn't work, then they have plan B, which is the email address. Um, I had an interesting one yesterday. It was uh, a test, a priority piece of priority mail uh, message. I've never had a priority, you know, a uh, precedence of priority. So I'm like, oh, well, now what do I do? Um, it was a test. And I don't know if it was on purpose or not. The phone number didn't work. I sent an email with my email address. That did not, I did, I got no return. I sent it WinLink. I got a return right away. So, uh, again, it's, it's maybe one more tool in the toolbox to get things through. But I, I hope that people take the extra time and, uh, get a phone number it, and, and particularly if you get a good one you know write it down save it somewhere so if you ever have to use it again you, you're not hunting through uh online i i have a couple of places though that are per- fairly good on on accuracy but i i, I hope that uh, adding the email addresses doesn't uh, you know people just send emails instead i think that that defeats the purpose of uh, nts uh, you mentioned Ukraine and Poland and all that. Do you know or have you sent any messages into Poland from Ukrainian um, people that live here in the States to, to try to check on their on their loved ones to health and welfare messages? Or do you know if any of those are going into Poland and Hungary and, and the rest of these countries that are, that are holding the uh, refugees? Excellent question. I have I have not heard of any. Uh, again, uh, and the three or four nets I check into, I have not received any or, or heard of any. Um, and that just may be that people don't realize the service is there. Um, I have, from this past weekend, I have three or four um, 
international uh, radio grants go out, and three or four of them, rather, are to Poland. So we'll see how well those go. Usually those are, um, well, uh, traffic sent by Marsha to a station in Germany, and he delivers them usually by Winlink, um, and with a pretty decent success rate. So I have not heard of anybody sending them, but that doesn't mean it's not happening in other cities. I know there was a big thing over the weekend on Facebook about QRZ dumping the Russian call signs and everybody complaining that politics shouldn't be in ham radio and then they should put the call signs back up into QRZ. Your your opinion on that? Yeah, I think I there, there are two things that I had an old wise ham tell me one time would ruin any conversations. It's talking about religion and politics on, on the radio. So I, I, I believe that it shouldn't be taken out. Right now, you're not going to receive any messages from Russia. I mean, I've made a few uh, contacts to the, the, greater, the greater Moscow area over the last year and a half. Uh, that, I think, has been shut down. Uh, but I, I'm not sure that is a protest, the kind of protest or sanction like uh, cutting off funds and, and business things. Uh, that just hurts the average person in in Russia who might enjoy ham radio or people here who have contacts to make. So I, I'm not sure that should be part of it. Um, I have I understand why people would want that and why it would be suggested, but I, I don't think politics should be part of ham radio. And, and, and I know there's, I think everybody, Netflix has shut down things in Russia. I mean, I understand Putin and all that. We're not going to get deep into this today. But um, there's, you know, you're, you're cutting off to, and, and, the, and the Russian people are even protesting the war. Yes, dear Jesse, what do you have? I, I just have a comment to say. There, I learned three things never discussed with people. Religion, politics, and a great pumpkin. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. So, so, yeah. so in our last few minutes, I asked this to everybody. I've got a couple more questions, and we can let you go. Your opinion on the thirty-five dollar fee that the FCC is charging? I know Fred Kemmer was on last week, and and he gave his opinion and, and what they're going to try to do to help with this. But do you think that the charging the thirty-five dollars on top of the fifteen dollars for the test, and then thirty-five dollars to get your call sign downloaded or whatever you think is is that going to hurt this hobby even more than than we seem already to be in a downward spiral? You know, that's an excellent question. I wish I had an excellent answer. I think that the $35, because it was initially, as you know, 50 uh, plus the 15 to take the test, I think that would have turned a lot of people away from taking the test or trying to get their license. And that's exactly what we don't want. Uh, I'm not sure if it cost me 50 or or $100 to get my license that I would have done it. I'm certainly glad I did do it and take the test and study and do all the things I did. Uh, I'm hoping it doesn't. Uh, I would like to see some kind of pro program where maybe, um, you know, there are certain people who maybe can't come up with the extra 35 bucks. Um, I, I don't know if, there, if there's a scholarship program or what have you, but I'm hoping it doesn't hurt. I think, the numbers will be interesting to see once it's officially put in uh, in practice. And I'm not sure if has it has Peter has it been put in practice yet. Uh, the VECs have not been notified about anything. I think Fred said last week that the AF, the FCC hasn't really put it into play yet, but it's kind of hanging out there. Yeah, I, I I would like to see if it does happen what the numbers are, and an indication would be over the course of X number of months seeing how many emails uh, K6HTN, uh, Kate Hutton, sends to New Hams and, and, uh, and uh, NX Kilo sends to New Hams. If the numbers are way down, then that could be an indicator of that either people just aren't taking the test or the $35 has turned them off. 
Well, I, I've, I've actually noticed through FRN especially that Kate's messages have kind of dropped off at least to the, you know, to this part of the country. Yeah, I, again, I'm trying to think the number I did the last one was like three, was it 300-something? And, uh, oh, was that Chris Becker? But irregardless, they're, they're usually within 50 of each other. Um, I think they are down a bit, and that just could be that people haven't taken the test because of COVID or they're thinking, uh, you know, they've been thinking about it but haven't done it or haven't had time. But I, I, uh, I hope that that doesn't happen. I, I think, you know, the, the more people we have, the better off the, the hobby will be. So I know you got to run, but one last question or one last statement. Uh, did this show caters to hams, non-hams, and hams that are new, new, new and ordained, so to speak? So if you could, you, this is your chance to tell those entities, the, the non-hams and the new hams, why get into traffic handling, why traffic handling is so important? Well, I, I, excellent question. The, it is important not for what we send. It's important for what we might have to send or receive. You know, the, if you listen to the messages we send, you know, mine are thanks for the goal, the date, time, uh, on what frequency, and if it's a park in the year, what, park, what number park it was. Uh, if you look at that and say, gee, that's kind of, is that a waste of your time? Well, in itself, it's a silly message. Uh, but when you think about its practice, and I probably send, oh, I don't know, 50 to 100 of them out a, a month, uh, it's practice for those times that you might get an emergency. Now, I, like I had a test one yesterday for a priority piece of traffic, and uh that's kind of what it's about, and, and it was the first time in a long time taking traffic. I was nervous about it, you know, like I was when I first took traffic on heavy hitters and Eastern Mass and all the other ones. Um, but that's why you do it, and that's why it's important. Because of what you do now, it's what you might have to do down the line, and that might be your only means of communication. So it's important enough to do. So, uh, before we let you go, any websites or things that you want to plug? No, <laughs> I have no websites uh, personally. Um, I always check um, uh, the ARRL. If, if, if you're a new ham, it's worth the expense of joining uh, the American Radio Relay League. And I've always said it's worth the expense just for when you first sign up you get a uh, operator's manual, and I've used uh, the 2019 operator's manual that I got when I signed up uh, time and time and time and time and time again. As a matter of fact, I have it right there on my on my uh, in the shack. Um, that's one to check in. That's one to. Check. Um, I also check into my the, the websites of my local clubs that I belong to, and I belong to about three of them four of them um but if for a new ham i think if i had any advice for a new ham is join a club even if you don't join go to a meeting listen to people talk to people because there's going to be people there that are looking forward to helping you uh, i found in more help than i could possibly hope for just showing up to a handful of meetings i had guys who were going to come to my house you know hang antennas they were awesome so that would be my suggestion for a new ham, no matter what you do. Find somebody who has already done it, and they can help you out. And they might even be able to help you out with equipment, too, and save you a small fortune uh, and make it make what can be, could be uh, difficult easy. So I guess that's my suggestion for new hams. And, um, check, in, check into your local clubs. All right, Bob, I know you got to run. you got nets to do. As always, you're busier than I am. Thanks for being here. You were a great guest, and thanks for uh, being on WTBR-FM. Thank you, sir. Well, well, thank you very much. Thank both of you for having me on. It's, it's uh, a kind of an honor. I, uh, I have not ever been on the radio that I know about uh, other than ham radio. So thank you so much, and everyone uh, have a great day. And that was uh, Bob Sparks, KC1, KVY.
73, and I will uh, talk to you after the show. Uh, that was Bob Sparks, KC1, KVY, uh, in Billerica. Uh, she does a lot, and that's HHTN, FRN, and usually the rest of Mass Traffic Net, so you can catch him during that. When we come back, weather and local news. Ooh. Stay tuned. You hear that, Boris? I'm not deaf, Natasha. Dumb, maybe, but not deaf. Hi, this is Sergeant Mark Madalena with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives, and we're in a hurry to get to where we need to be. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they want to go safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. When Taconic High School was demolished, we could have lost this radio station. Instead, PCTV stepped in, built a new studio and transmitter, and gave the station new life. And now it's time to pay that back. Support this station today. Go to WTBRFM.com and click the donate button. You won't be sorry. Pittsfield Community Radio thanks you for your support. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Walsh. One thing I do when I'm not playing rock and roll is get on the air as an amateur radio operator. Also called ham radio is a communication service provided by ordinary people just like you and me. We have a national emergency communication system in place 24-7-365. We provide local and regional assistance when any part of the grid goes down. We help fire and police, families, hospitals, schools, handicapped, injured, at community events, sports, races, parades, gatherings, and celebrations. We provide free communications to help people and keep them safe. Find out more about Amateur Radio at ARRL.org slash whatishamradio. See you on the air. I failed you, Ben. I'm sorry. I'm sure you are. The resistance is dead. The war is over. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. The rebellion is reborn today. The war it's just beginning. And I will not be the last Jedi. for the day, 27 at night, with 6 mile per hour winds, and then for Friday, we're going to 45 for the day, with a 40% chance of rain, hey, don't kill the messenger, folks, <laughs> night, 37, and with a 70% chance of rain at 17 miles per hour, for Saturday, 42, for the night, 14, the winds will be calm, a little bit crazy but uh, not as bad about six miles an hour and then for Sunday we're going to be at 26 for the day with 15 to 25 an hour winds seems like March is coming in literally like a lion so uh, well you know how March is folks very good now do you want do you want to go to your news sure why not let's go ahead and let everyone know what's going on. You're 
I guess I'm on. Uh, let's see. This one's pretty interesting. Hot off the press. Uh, we've got uh, to be Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Uh, two people from Pittsfield are charged with armed robbery of Subway for uh, last Tuesday. According to uh, the Pittsfield Police Department, Lieutenant uh, Jeffrey Bradford, around uh, 6.45 p.m., uh, officers were called to the subway location at 179 South Street for a report of a robbery. Subway employees told police that a man and a woman took after demanding and were given an unclosed amount of money. During the search of the area, officers saw two people getting picked up by a vehicle close to the subway. The officers stopped the vehicle and detained the occupants while detectives gathered evidence and reviewed the video surveillance. The passengers were 25-year-old Patrick Latina and 23-year-old, oh God, this is a good one. Of Pittsfield, where identified and arrested for armed robbery. They are being held on $25,000 bail and will be arraigned in Pittsfield today. And uh, no injuries were reported. So, <laughs> good luck on that, folks. People stealing from a subway. As long as they don't take my subs, I'm good. Yeah, only you would think of food. Anybody who knows them definitely knows that, yep, yep, that's Pete's idea of, of everything is his stomach. Yeah, I don't want to do the show with you anymore. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Here is... Um, I, I, I'm done. Here's an update for um, the kitty cat uh, abandonment story that uh, everyone knows that there were several cats that were abandoned and, um, oh, 15 altogether. Um, that were uh, let loose in uh, Massachusetts. So I'll, for those who don't know, I will go ahead and tell you. Here's the story. Okay, um, we have uh, Deputy Chief uh, Richard uh, speaking Wednesday morning at the Berkshire um, Humane Society um, for Pittsfield. Two people were faced with animal cruelty charges after more than a dozen cats were dumped on the eve of the snowstorm in Lansingboro uh, and Richmond in January. Horrible time to f let poor little animals freeze to death. People are just cruel and heartless. Well, anyway, Pittsfield's resident Kelly Hathaway, Hathaway and Arthur Rian, Rennie uh, are facing... 15 counts of felony cruelty and fines up to $5,000 and time in jail or prison for each charge. So um, they're not going to get away with it, folks. So, I mean, it's pretty bad. Um, the cats are ranging anywhere between five and a half months to seven years old. And now they're doing, in, and they're now they're in pretty good health. Um, the vet said that they have a little bit of diarrhea, but that's because um, the condition. The, uh, otherwise, they're in pretty good condition, and uh, a little underweight. Sometimes, when you change the significance of the animal, or even stress, will go ahead and cause the severe diarrhea with the animal. I mean, come on. I mean, they went through some pretty rough ordeal. I mean, right now they'd have no idea. One minute they're being loved and cared for, supposedly by the people that they love, and then next thing you know, they're being thrown out of a car door or car window or whatever out on a freezing cold night. So it kind of makes me a little bit upset with all that is going on. So, um, but they're still looking for um, some uh, evidence on it. And uh, they're offering a $1,000 reward um, for any information that will lead into um Evidence, if anyone has any information, give by all means, please give Pittsfield a call. Either the Berkshire Humane Society will take that information or the Pittsfield Police Department um, will go ahead and want to know if you guys know anything about these 
poor defenseless little creatures that were left literally to and, and, and for do you know if any of the kittens are ready for adoption yet? No, they're not ready for adoption yet. They will make um, known in the uh, papers. Right now, they're still working on um, their socializations and also for, um, like I said, their diarrhea and their um, health conditions that they're in, they're involved with. It seems like some of them are having a little bit of discomfort from, you know, new changes in food. Um, and uh, dietary supplement problems that they're going through. Otherwise, they seem to be doing well. And they will be spayed and neutered um, during this time that they will be ready for adoptions. Okay. Anything else you got? Oh, yeah. We have another one, too. Well, it should take a while. It's two pages. <laughs> yeah. We happen to have uh, one. Uh, it's um, regarding a uh, hub. Um. I guess if Jessica wants to cover that one, she can do that one. This being Patriota Savage's hub to better assist people in crisis. Uh, the city has taken clues from other communities and the Commonwealth to address individuals and families in crisis. On Monday, the Pittsfield uh, the police department has announced the, stem, the establishment of a Pittsfield HUD Hub, which is pulling social services and police that meet virtually every other every other week to review cases of mental health, mental health illness, substance abuse, poverty, and other issues that are plaguing the area, is ba It's based on the Chelsea um, Police Department hub that reportedly makes a great impact and it's comparable. Comparable city, the department has been exploring the development of a HUD table for several for several years. When residents are in crisis and residents are in crisis, first calls made is often to the police. Unfortunately, police are not always best equipped to deal with that situation. Uh, police Chief Michael Wynn wrote to iBerkshire's in an email by partnering with our community partners to form the Pittsfield Hub Table where we're able to form a multidisciplinary team that can come together to develop corpor corporative situations quickly and effectively. We we're confident that we can work together to deliver to deliver better outcomes for our most vulnerable residents. I'm proud of the team that we've established to participate in this program and grateful for the support and collaboration we've received from our partners. The initiative was created by the city and corporation with about 20 other service, provi uh, service providers and government agencies, including the PPD and is being, being led by the police department. Participants covered a whole range of services that the county has to offer. These, and these services include the Berkshire, Berkshire County District Attorney's Office, Berkshire County Sheriff's Department, uh, Berkshire Health Systems, the Bryan Center, ServiceNet, the the uh, State Department of Children and Family Services, and the Berkshire County Regional Housing Authority. I thank the City of Pittsfield and the Berkshire, and uh, the City of Pittsfield and the Pittsfield Police Department for bringing this highly successful model to Berkshire County, the district. District Attorney uh, Andrea Harrington says, My office is a proud partner in creating compensating, uh, compassionate response to poverty, substance use disorder, and mental illness instead of relying on a fugitive crime legal system. This approach uplifts the most vulnerable members of our community by treating people with dignity instead of hauling them off to jail. To identify to identify 
persons and families who are at the acute elevated risk or ERA while being compliant with medical privacy regulations, the HUD uses a model that sends referrals through four filters to protect personal information and privacy. Planning for the HUD for the hub started last fall and began work began work in January. Several situations have been received since have been renewed since uh, mid January. Although it is too early to make a determination of outcomes when uh when said residents are receiving access to resources that they might not have had. Previously, in a press release, Captain Tom Dolly said this is a positive situation to help individuals and families that are at the acute elevated risk of harm. He added that this is not solely police and this is not a solely police based organization, but another piece of larger community sa uh, safety model designed to respond proactively to a community's needs, support, and, and to support the city and to reduce the burden on the crimes judicial system. So there you go. Okay. Thank you. And now on to amateur radio news. We have amateur radio news? Yeah, we do. Radio amateurs in Ukraine appear to be diligently maintaining radio silence as the state of emergency declared there just prior to the Russian military invasion. Remains in effect, a February 24th decree from, the pre from President Vladimir Zelensky included a ban on the operation of amateur radio transmitters for personal and collective use. The UK Amateur Radio, so radio League reported this past week that it has received many messages of encouragement from the worldwide amateur radio community. The LRU informed international amateur radio organizations about Russia's military invasion of Ukraine, said the message of the UARL Vice President Anatoly Kirilenko, UT3UI. To date, there have been many reports from radio amateurs around the world in support of Ukraine. The International Amateur Radio Union, IARU, has adopted a neutral stance. IARU is a apolitical organization focused on promoting and defending amateur radio and the self-instruction in communications and friendships between people. IARU Region 1 has said it continues to monitor the development and expects all radio amateurs to follow their national laws and regulations. IARU Region 1 also reposted part of an advisory from the Dushire Amateur Radio Club, DARK, HF Committee on February 27th. Any radio amateur currently transmitting from Ukraine is, Ukraine is risking his or her life. If you hear a Ukrainian station, do not broadcast its call sign, location, or frequency whether on the band, in the cluster, or on social media. You may be putting lives at risk. The dark's overreach, overreaching advice. In the current situation, the best we can do is listen. Ukraine's uh, assigned amateur radio call sign prefixes include EMA through EQZ and the more com commonplace URA through UZZ. Some stations with Ukrainian call signs may still be active because an exception to the amateur radio ban was made for stations in the Donbass region of eastern Ukraine, eastern Donetsk, and, L and Lutsk oblasts, which have special legal status owning to Russia's occupation since 2014. In a Facebook post, Poland's IR... And if, we, and if we mispronounce any of them, we're sorry. Yeah. Uh, in a Facebook post, Poland's IARU, Member Society PZK, has offered available, available WinLink nodes in Poland for any licensed refugees. If you are a licensed amateur radio operator, you can send information by email to your relatives in Poland or emergency services via WinLink system. This is what Bob and I were talking about earlier in the show. Polish windlink nodes are active on 160, 80, and 20 meters. SR5WLK at 3.5955 USB. SR3WLK at 14.111 
USB and SP3IEW at 1.865 USB W9IMS the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Amateur Radio Club known for its special events commemorating major races at the Speedway has posted a statement on its QRZ profile expressing its concern for well-known QSL maker Jenny V. Truce, UX5UO. The statement reads in part, his last email said to us, this moment we are safe, but we hear strong explosions near Kiev. Do not know what will happen in the, in the nearest hours or days. We have not heard from we have not heard from him for days now. We are greatly concerned for Gennery and his family along with all the other citizens of Ukraine. So that's what that's what's happening there. Uh, the DX the, the Ham Exposition in what may be a first the Northeast Ham Exposition will host both the ARRL New England and Hudson Division conventions this year. Ham Exposition takes place August 26th to 28th, 2022 in Marlboro, Massachusetts. And tickets will become available May Yay. 1st. Formerly known as Boxborough, the New England Division Convention features a Saturday morning keynote address, Friday and Saturday evening banquet, banquets with guest speakers, a large outdoor flea market, and ample indoor vendor space. Proceeds from the convention will benefit scholarships for both New England and Hudson Division students. Volunteers and speakers will be drawn from both divisions. Other details will be worked out as things progress. It certainly has been a while since the Hudson Division has had a convention, said ARRL Division Director Rhea Germain and to RJ. By joining forces with the New England Division for a joint convention, we can bring back a sense of nostalgia and community. The new ARRL New England Director Fred Kemmer, AB10C, said we are excited to have the Hudson Division join with New England to support and grow the 2022 Ham Exposition event. Kemmer called it a great opportunity to expand Ham Exposition participation and programs and to work to provide support for the scholarships to young hams in both divisions. ARRL First Vice President Mike Risenbach, K1TWF, predicted large attendance than has been seen in many years. So there you go. There's the, the ham invention will be August 26th through the 28th. And it'll be nice because people will be able to actually get out without a mask and see people face-to-face -face and say hi and not feel like they have a bad case of the cooties. And, and do I really need to read this one? Should we all know this, that, that you should not operate outside your operating privileges, outside your license privileges? Do we really need to read this one? Why do you have to remind people something that they should already know? Because apparently people are operating outside their license privileges. Um, they're not supposed to. It's against the law for... Just, just, uh, just to bring you up reading, to speed. Getting your license, duh. Technicians and novices may operate CW between 21025 and 21200 on 15 meters from 7025 and 7125 on 40 meters and from 3.525 to 3.600 on 80 meters, but they do not have any digital mode privileges on these bands. Listen, folks, you're not supposed to do it. It's a no-no. On 10 meters, technicians have RTTY and data privileges, including FT8, from 2800 to 28300, and SSB phone privileges from 28300 to 28500, and may operate on CW over the entire 28 megahertz. 28 100 to 2800 megahertz segments. Technicians may enjoy all operating privileges at 50 megahertz and above. Above. So operate within your own privileges. Yeah. Behave yourself and do as you're told. Or the FCC will come knocking at your door. And that's not a joke. Or Riley Hollingsworth will come knocking at your door. The, the VM monitor saying, Ah, you're doing this. You shouldn't be doing this. Don't do this. Yeah. If you waste all that time and effort to go ahead and get your license, why risk going ahead having it taken away from you? for something as stupid as not paying attention to what you've learned. That's the point. I, I guess no bark is planning field day. Alex sent out Oh really? Alex sent out two emails and got no responses back. Oh that's Are you uh, serious? 
he's trying to coordinate field day. And two emails went out so far, and no responses came back. So Northern Berkshire Amateur Radio Club is, he hasn't asked me for any help yet. Northern Berkshire Amateur Radio Club is trying to plan field day. And, of course, he hasn't planned for a VE session at field day yet. So someone might want to put a bug in his ear that he might want to start planning for a VE session up there. You know, usually what people come for, hey, there's going to be a field day. Woo! Well, maybe we can go ahead and go ahead and, uh, like, Maybe my child is interested in taking their test or however, you know, there may well, be. Well, I've been trying to put any, a VE. Anybody, I mean, come on, I, wake up, folks. I've been trying to put a VE session together here for March, and I got no VE responses. I got three responses, and they're all, we can't come. I can't do this without VEs. That's why I haven't called Here's my people thought. to have uh, Folks, my venue to, to schedule the it. The situation is down. And where we're going to have it is so close. You ain't got to worry. There's a parking place. Uh, yeah. You're not out, not out in the elements. And there is a bathroom also. Yeah, but she hasn't called back yet either to confirm it. Uh, it it's just crazy. I so... Mean, we're trying to put a VE session together, hopefully, for this month. Um, if anybody can help out with the VE session, kd2jkv at gmail.com. If you want to take the test yeah, or you want to upgrade, kd2jkv at gmail.com, let me know. Uh, no Bar Camp Fest or No Bar Field Day in June, the last weekend in June. Hopefully, uh, Alex can get some people to help him out. Hopefully. I coordinated it last year, and it was... Not so easy, um, but I have a whole network of people, so. Uh, I, bet I know 10 to, 10 to 1, I bet I know somebody who lives here who would probably end up going ahead and wanting to get a try, to try for it. The little, the, the kid over in uh, 20, 10 to 1, he would be interested in doing it. To get his license. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Western Mass Traffic Net, 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. If the Echo Link works, um, if you want to be, <laughs> if you want to be do NCS on a day or two to fill in for my people that are MIA, kd2jkv at gmail.com. It only takes a couple minutes to do it. We don't pass a lot of traffic. No. Western Mass Traffic Net, 6 p.m. K1FFK repeater and on Echo Link at K1FFK dash R. Heavy hitters traffic net, five, six days a week, every day except Saturday at 10 p.m. on Echolink on NEWENG2, on K1FFK and K1FFK-R. Do you have something else? No, I was looking at and, and the um, actually the script for it, and it says Sunday through Friday on here. Right, which is every day except Saturday. Yeah, every day except Saturday for the aviators. So which which, I, which <laughs> I said. What? I, I have to be that person. I, I, I did it my way. Also, I'm also, I wanted to say something really quick. A friend of mine went ahead and asked me yes, uh, yesterday if CW and all that was still, you know, still functioning and you know what I mean still relevant to now because we have cell phones and everything. I went in I made a comment yeah when the internet's down guess what you can send messages that way yeah but you have to know CW if you know you know if you know ham radio and CW and stuff you can you know you can still get them out and that it is being used when you go ahead you know for people in like Ukraine and stuff right now, in order to get messages out to their loved ones, I mean, I'm when it, she goes, "Why?" And she went to me, "Wow, I didn't know it's still useful." I went, "Yeah, it you know for a 120 year old hobby, she's, it's still she's she's giving me the wrap it up sign, yeah, because we're 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 hurting for time here. Thank you, quickly. Sorry, don't mean to holler wrap it up, but we're kind of getting to the end. All right. We will see everybody next week. 73 from the cast of Ham On. 73, guys. Take care.